welcome to another Practicing Alchemy podcast episode. Woo! Oh, that might have been loud. Sorry. Okay, so thanks for joining. Today, I'm going to talk about family. While I'm doing this right now, I have not titled this podcast yet, this episode. I think I probably will title it afterwards. I don't have the exact title to tell you right now, but we're going to talk about family and all the icky sticky nuances and all the joy and greatness that can come from family as well. I thought this was a perfect theme for this podcast since we're coming up on Thanksgiving. A lot of us will be with our family or we'll be missing our family. A lot of interesting family dynamics occur during the holidays especially, so I thought this might be a good one for anyone to hear who is maybe struggling not looking forward to their family time, sort of uh, not feeling great about it, like wanting to go, but also feeling a pull that it's not going to really bring them a lot of joy. So firstly, I just want to say the reason that I feel that I have some like authority on this subject, and I wouldn't even use the word authority. I'm just using that for anyone who's like, why does she think she can talk about this? Which is probably no one because I have like, again, five listeners and they're all my family or friends. So if you're thinking that, any of you, you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway, um, the reason I feel like I have insight to give, I should say, is that I have some interesting family dynamics myself. I think growing up, I always felt that we were a really close family, and I still feel that we're a very, very close family. You know, when we would have sleepovers or hang out with friends, most of the time it would be at our place, at our house. We had a great backyard. We had a basement that was renovated so we could all hang out down there. And ours was really sort of a gathering spot for my brother's friends, my friends, family, etc. After all three of us children went off to college, now we're all back in the same state for the first time since... I was probably 12, so a good like 14 years. We're all back in the same state again. And four of us are living in the same roof. My parents, um, my brother and I, and my brother and his wife live two hours from us in LA. So we went from being spread all around the country and all around the world to now being in a very close vicinity. And it has opened up a lot of stuff, you know, a can of worms, if you will. But like, a constant can of worms, not like, oh, it opened up one can of worms. Like it's an all the time ever going thing now. And I'm not saying that my family is like constantly at each other's throats. That's not even close to it. If um you know my family, even if you don't know my family, I'll give you a little description of them. Uh, we are super close. My mom and I, as I've said before in this podcast, are literal best friends. Like I have already told my partner, Stacy, when we get married, I want my mom to be a bridesmaid. <laughs> she was super confused by that, but I mean, that's just how close we are. My dad used to work away from home, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast. So my mom and I spent a lot of time together. My brothers were off at college, you know, so it was just her and I for a while. Um, so we're super close. My two brothers are super close because, you know, they're brothers. They grew up really close they parted ways and went to college and stuff and now they're close again they have game nights zoom game nights like twice a week with each other we've just always been very much about family and 
We spend all our holidays together. We have a bunch of fun family traditions. Speaking of traditions, um, every Thanksgiving we do a four-square tournament, a family four-square tournament with the playground ball, you know, the four squares, and we're getting crazy out there on the driveway or road. But this year we won't be having it due to uh, corona. And our sister, well, my sister-in-law, Ari, is pregnant, so she cannot participate. Although, um, Ari, if you're listening, I know you won't be offended by this, but she wasn't a very uh, avid participator before anyway. I mean, she was very much there vocally, but physically, she's not a four-square, and that's fine. We love her regardless. (laughs) So yeah, Thanksgiving. Got a lot of traditions. Our family's close, and this year is going to be a bit different. The reason I brought all of this up is because I feel for any of you who maybe don't look forward to the holidays. I know it seems weird since I just talked about how great my family is, but every family has issues. I think I just need to say that for everyone here, that there is no family that doesn't have something that goes on, you know? No single person is perfect, which means no family can be perfect either. Um, Everyone has their things. So, our thing. (laughs) We don't have a specific thing, but I will talk about my thing, I guess. So I have mentioned this before in other podcasts, but I am currently in a homosexual relationship. My partner, Stacy, lives in Australia, and I didn't realize that I liked girls until I was in college. I had dated boys all the way through high school. In fact, I was boy crazy. My mom can confirm this, and my friends too, probably. But um, I met a girl in college, and I just fell for her personality, fell for who she was. And then after that, I've dated a few more girls since then. I have been in relations with a few guys since then. So that's always an interesting topic that comes up. I think everyone assumes now that I'm gay because my past couple relationships have all been girls. But it's just that the past few people that I have met that I have really clicked with um, are all girls. But as my partner and I, Stacy, say, hearts, not parts. That is my motto for my sexuality. Hearts, not parts. So that's just how I feel. Anyway, got a little sidetracked there, but we're back on track now. The reason that this is something you need to know is because my father is very, very Catholic. I believe I mentioned this in one of my other episodes, but... We grew up Catholic, very steeped in the tradition in the church, and I think as time has gone on, my dad has gotten even more into his faith, into the teachings, etc., which is great. I'm glad for him. I'm glad he found something that he feels super passionate about. It just brings up a few issues when we get to a lot of the current environment in the world and the way things are going, you know? Um, When... My parents first found out that I was dating a girl. My mom knew because moms always know. I think my dad was oblivious because he wasn't really around as much. He was, again, working out of town. So my mom had an idea and I I couldn't say anything to her because I didn't know what she would say or what she would think. She's also Catholic and very enriched in her religion as well. Um, not on the same way as my dad, but she's very strong in her faith. So I was worried. I think mostly with her, I was worried how she was going to think of me. 
There was uh, a moment during the summer when my girlfriend at the time was struggling financially, so I wanted to send her some money. And I told my mom I was going to send some money to her. I didn't say she was my girlfriend at the time. And I ended up sending money, but it left a weird energy between the two of us. Like we both knew something was up and I didn't want to tell her and she wasn't going to pry. So finally, it was one of those awkward moments when she was like standing there and I'm standing there and I'm like, well, do you have something to say? You're just kind of standing here. And she said, do you have something to say? Of course, I told her that I was dating a girl and oh gosh, the moment in the moment, it was awful. I mentioned in my last podcast, like having those conversations that feel so awful, but afterwards there's a lot more clarity. So we had the conversation. I cried. She gave me a hug and we left it at that. I think a month or two down the road, uh, my girlfriend and I at the time had some issues with our roommates. We were living together in college and had two other roommates. And one of our roommates' moms actually threatened to tell my dad that I was dating a girl. <laughs> you know, you see these things on social media and you wonder like how people can be so cruel and just so mean And then you experience it and you are just dumbfounded that anyone would even think to do such a thing. This woman was ready to take this moment away from me, was willing to sacrifice someone else's relationship for whatever she even wanted. I don't even know. It was that that ridiculous. So I was crying and I was stressed out and I called my mom and told her what happened and my mom went off (laughs) and my mom is the sweetest human being in the entire world and she never swears, never swears. She never says stupid. She never says ugly. She never says any sort of mean word. She's kind to everyone, even when maybe they don't deserve it. So for her to get this angry was one of the greatest sources of pride that I have right now in my life. (laughs) In my 26 years, this moment, I will remember forever. I obviously wasn't there for the conversation. She, my mom called this other lady and chewed her out. And then she called me back and said, I took care of it. And I was still crying and said, well, what if, what if dad finds out? What do we do? And she said, don't worry. I'll take care of that too. And she did. I asked her about it a couple weeks later and she just said they had a conversation and and she said she told him that I was dating a girl and he was a bit confused, I think, and not sure. And then he said, what should I do? Should I say something to her? What? And she said, do you still love her? And he said, of course, that wouldn't, my love would never change for her. And she said, okay, that's all you have to do is just accept her accept that this is what she's choosing and you don't have to ever bring this up to her. And he hasn't. That was, gosh, four or five years ago and we have never had a straight up conversation about me um, liking girls. Obviously, we talk about it in passing now, but we never had the conversation, you know. I'm very thankful for this (laughs) because I think I would be so uncomfortable and his uncomfort level would be like times a million. So, But I know this doesn't happen with every family and not every quote-unquote coming out story uh, happens like that. But 
that is how it happened. And since then, we have been on an uphill battle. That wasn't the light at the end of the tunnel. That was just the beginning. That was the starting off point. That was the first speed bump along the road of many more speed bumps. I stopped dating that girl. We broke up. I dated another girl after that. And then I dated another girl after that. And now I'm dating my partner, Stacy. I realize this makes me sound like I date a million people, but here we are. It's my choice. It's my life. So get with it. This difference in opinion and view on things causes a lot of strife. I still feel that I'm not able to be 100% open around my dad about these things. It's a slow and steady climb. It's just pushing little by little to get to the place where we both can be. We can both exist, you know, with our own ideas, our own thoughts. We can still coexist in a space together. And it has taken a lot of conversations, which is not my dad's favorite. We just had a conversation like two days ago. Yesterday, it happened yesterday. We had a conversation. Him, my mom, and I went on a hike. And he was just saying, in all my years of growing up, like when I was a kid, I never met anyone like you or like your sister who are so just emotionally minded, like so emotionally minded. You're like made up of 80% emotions, like 20% logic. And I laughed and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. I definitely think I have a rational side and can bring some logic to decisions, but I make my decisions based on how I feel about them. And he does not understand that at all. So that's our biggest difference, I think. He, my mom is very practical. Um, I have two older brothers who are very, very like factual and love to research and have all these ridiculously smart conversations that make me want to fall asleep. And then I am like a marshmallow in the middle of a s'more that has just been cooked over a fire. Like I am just melty and gooey and sticky. And I love that about myself. I think it's great, but it just baffles my father's mind. So we get into it a lot, like a lot, especially now because we're living together again. I'm living back with my parents right now. And it causes a lot of tension in arguments and a lot of them occur because of my sexuality. Um, I've never actually told my dad that, you know, the heart's not parts thing because I don't necessarily feel that I need to. I don't feel like I need to label that for anyone. You know, no one needs to know what my sexuality is. I date whoever the hell I want to date and it should not affect you whatsoever. But it does cause some tension, I think. And it's a heavy thing to deal with. You know, my dad treats me great still. He does so many things for me and he's never intentionally hurt me like physically or or emotionally, you know, but we do get into arguments and I think it's tricky. It's difficult. And it's just like I said, it's just sort of getting to a place that we just keep going over the same things. And in my mind, it's sort of like that insanity thing that people say about trying the same thing like a thousand times or whatever. I should have looked up the quote before this, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Hoping for different results, you know, but um, that's where I am because that's the only option I have is to keep standing firm in what I believe in and who I am. 
So the other day, uh, for instance, we're watching that show, My Name is Earl. I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but Earl, um, he's like a drunk and he steals from people, whatever, a little bit trashy. And he decides that he believes in karma all of a sudden. So he's trying to do all these nice things for people. And in the episode I just watched the other day, my dad was watching too. He used to pick on this kid from high school. So he said, I need to go apologize to this kid and make things right. So he finds this kid. He's grown up now. They're both grown up like 30s. And he goes to apologize. And he says, you know what? I know what to do. I'm going to find you a nice girl to be with because you're lonely. And it turns out he doesn't want a girl to be with. He wants a guy to be with. (laughs) To be fair, this show is old. I used to watch it like in high school maybe. So it's maybe 10 years old or older. So some of the jokes in the show are not appropriate anymore. And he makes some jokes in the show, which I think were kind of funny. You know, there were some parts that I definitely laughed at. I wasn't offended because I know who I am. It's not a big deal to me. Uh, But my dad mentioned something about how it's a shame that shows and movies and comedians can't still make these jokes like they used to. And that just fired me up. (laughs) I was like excuse me, like you think they should still be making all of these awful inappropriate jokes? And he was like, no, well, I just think that, you know, there were some really funny jokes that used to happen. I said, yeah, there probably were. And I agree, like some of the old humor was hilarious, but at the same time, a lot of it was not appropriate. A lot of it was very sexist, was very racist, was very homophobic. And as funny as it may have been in that time, it is not, it's not actually funny especially now, I think we have to be very cognizant of what we say because people do have a lot of opinions. And I don't think it's because we've gone soft entirely. I do think there's a few um, soft circumstances like kids not being able to get, you know, place medals now. It's just all consolation prizes, which is, I mean, a competitive, a competitive spirit. It's like a healthy spirit, I think. Just everything in doses. And same thing with these jokes and stuff. When it comes to my dad, I was never this fired up. I always lived in the like, respect your parents, listen to what they say kind of thing. And I still respect my parents. But now that I'm an adult and, you know, I take care of myself, I do all my own shit for the most part. (laughs) I firmly believe that it is part of my responsibility to educate people on how I feel, how the world is, etc. And it is changing. You know, I think my parents lived in a completely different time than we do now and things change and it's not always easy for the older generation so I think we need to cut them some slack as they learn but at the same time we can't quit we have to keep reminding them of the way it goes now and well-intentioned we can't just get mad right off the bat we have to remember where they grew up when they grew up what they were surrounded with but they also need to remember what life is like now So it's tricky and we still, like I said, we had a conversation two days ago about stuff. So it gets, it gets tense at moments, but I think the important thing is that we both respect each other. We don't always come to conversations with open minds and I get just as fired up as he does. You know, we start to talk over each other, start to yell, but at the end of the day, I know that he loves and respects me and I love and respect him. And that's where I think you have to get. It's just writing that fine line. We also have this really fun, useful tool that we came up with. So when we're getting into a heated heated argument, 
were allowed to call Oceanside Treaty, uh, which is something I I call. I don't think anyone else has called it yet, <laughs> but it just means like, okay, I see that we're getting to a point in this conversation where we're not going to find a happy return. So I'm going to give you two minutes to say all of your best points. I'm going to take two minutes to say all of my best points. And then we are going to stop this conversation. We're going to change the subject and let it die because this is not getting us anywhere except into the land of frustration and anger and resentment. This may seem silly to you or this may seem brilliant. Either way, it works for us. I just used it the other day and it was brilliant. And I'm so thankful that my brothers and I thought of it. I think the point that I'm trying to make here is it's not easy for anyone and my situation is incredibly individual and specific and I don't imagine anyone's is just exactly like this because everyone has different family members, everyone has different pains, different frustrations. But I think the whole thing is giving each other respect and coming to things with an open mind, giving the other person the benefit of the doubt, waiting for them to explain themselves, and checking intentions. What are people's intentions behind what they say and what they do? That includes your family. You know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, the family is everything phrase and I would I would do anything for my family. But if one of my family members disrespected me, I would have words about it because that's not something you just roll over and take just because it's your family. I understand you guys are blood related, but that doesn't mean that you just have to take that mistreatment. Again, like I said, though, coming to things with an open mind and understanding that people come from different time periods you know, had different childhoods and learned different things. And it's sort of an unlearning that they're having to do now. I was watching the show Virgin River on Netflix the other day. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but I'm very invested in it now. But the main character is talking to her guy friend and just gotten a tip with her sister. So she was like, I need to go apologize. And he said, I've always heard that the view is better from the high road. And I think that is something that I need to get tattooed on my forehead or something because I have such a hard time with this. When I was in therapy, I told my therapist that I struggled always having to be the one who said sorry or always having to be the one who just accepted the conversation or whatever because I felt like I was never being fully heard and and my words were never being taken. They were being heard, but no one was listening to them, if you know what I mean. And she just told me that it's not my responsibility to change anyone else. It's not my responsibility to get someone to see my point. All I can do is speak my truth and whether they take it or not is on them, not on me. And I think we all need to take that on hold and bring that when it comes to our family issues, our friend issues, relationships, whatever, that we can do our very best and it still might not change a thing. But We need to keep an open mind still and come to situations with respect and good intentions. And if we continue to find that someone is not coming to situations with that mutual respect or mutual good intentions, then maybe you need to discuss their role in your life. I talked about roles with friends, but it works with family too. I'm not one for cutting off family members necessarily, but it's the same thing. Family members should still treat you the way you would treat them in the way that you expect your friends to treat you and vice versa. It's no different just because they're family. You still deserve the same amount of respect 
and healthy communication. So as we are moving into the holiday season, remember that it is okay to take breaks. It is okay to need alone time from your family. You should not feel bad if family time is too much for you. You should not feel bad if you don't want to be a part of any of the family stuff. But you should try to soak up the moments you have with your family because life is short. And like I said, the view is better from the high road. So sometimes you have to take a little bit of terrain, a little hill, a little climb to get there. But then you're there. And it's peaceful and serene when you realize that you've done your absolute best. So push through this holiday season. Enjoy the moments when you can. Take moments alone when you need them. You know, write, write in a journal, call a friend, whatever you need to do. But know that you're not alone. That every family has things that they have to deal with. I believe that strong communication is a great way to get through these issues and really coming to situations, trying to see the other person's perspective and making yourself heard. I think it's very important to make sure that you are heard, your feelings are heard and validated. And that is something that you can say to your family that you're feeling a certain way and you want to be heard. You need people to hear this. So stand up for what you believe in. Stand up for how you feel, what you think is right, but don't ruin family Thanksgiving. (laughs) You got this. That's all I have. I hope you guys have a great holiday, whether it's with your family or you're not going to be able to see your family. Whatever your holiday entails, soak it up the best you can because it will never be the same again. If you have any questions about this podcast, you wanted me to go over something different or any suggestions, I actually got this topic from a very good friend of mine who wanted to hear my perspective on my own family dynamics. So thank you, Ashley, for the topic suggestion. If any of you have any other topic suggestions, I have put my email in the description um, of this episode. So that should show up so you can send me an email. Or you can go on my Instagram at Practicing Alchemy and send me a DM. For those of you that have bought books, I'm still waiting for them. They have not gotten in yet, but they shipped last week. So hopefully they'll be here ASAP and I can send them out to you. I'm also waiting on the stickers, which is very exciting. Holiday season is the best for giving joy through my words. So super excited. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I love you. God bless.